Okay? Um, anyone remember what we were talking about last week? <laughs> last week was heavy. Who was here last week? Yeah, last week was nuts. We were talking about last week. Jordan. Yes, guys getting their heads chopped off in the name of Jesus. Last week was heavy. Like, yeah, I forget. It's messed up. Messed up. Yeah, a little bit of background before we start tonight. Um, So last week we talked about um, Christians getting persecuted. Yeah? And the reason why we got on that point was because Jesus sent out the 12 apostles. Okay, so there's like the 12 homeboys of Jesus that got sent out to uh, cast out demons and to heal the sick and to proclaim the good news that God's kingdom is like right now. Yeah? And that was like 2,000 years ago. So if God's kingdom was present 2,000 years ago, God's presence is like definitely here. Yeah? Ever say yes? Yes. Andrea, say yes. Yes. Okay, good. Um, so this week we're talking about Jesus sending out 72 others, okay? Not the 12 selected ones, but 72 other ones, okay? Everybody say other ones, okay? Um, so the 12 that were selected, we talked about this already. Um, what, were some of their, in, in, what were some of them doing for a living? Yeah, some of them uh, were fishers of fish, yeah? We had um, a tax collector, who else did we had? We had a zealot. I don't know what a zealot is. Actually, we, we, do, we talk about that. What else? Just the average Joes, yeah? Average Joes got selected to be the 12. Yeah? God gave them the spirit to go out and proclaim God's good news. And then those guys came back. Jesus sends out 72. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Okay? Super excited. There's a lot here. Um, so let's pray. And then we'll get into God's word. We there? Luke chapter 10. Slash Genesis 2, Second Genesis 5. No. Okay. Um, is there a title? I have Monday's sermon on here. I know we'll figure out a title before the night is over. Okay. Let's pray. We good? Cody, you good? We ready? Ashley, ready? Got a notebook? Okay. We're good to go. Jordan, you ready? Okay. Let's get into it. Second Genesis. Just joking. Yeah, Luke 10. Let's pray. <clears throat> Jesus, thank you, Father, for tonight. Lord, we, we uh, thank you for coming and meeting with us, Lord. We just pray that you be glorified tonight. Uh, we pray, Father, that you would share uh, a little piece of your heart with us. Um, we know your heart for us, Lord. We pray that you would share your heart for the lost with us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. All right. So Luke chapter 10. I'm just going to kind of jump into here. Uh, a piece of what we're talking about tonight when, when we're praying is, is really what the sermon is about. Yeah? That when I think about 72 people that Jesus chose to send out, because Jesus had, uh, supposedly, he was closest with John. Yeah? John the Apostle. And then he was close with John, Peter, and Andrew, kind of the close three. And then Jesus was close with the 12. Yeah. And those were like the apostles. But outside of that, he had disciples like Mary. Yeah. The, the, the different Marys and Marthas and, and some of the different people that followed Jesus around. They weren't the 12, but
but they were disciples. Like they followed. Jesus went someplace and they went. Yeah? Uh, we learned uh, probably four chapters ago that it was the women who did what? The women who took care. Yeah? Jesus and the apostles would, would hang out all day and they would be, be uh, ministering to people and, and casting out demons. But Jesus showed equal love because he depended on the, the women and the other disciples to um, tend to their needs throughout the day. So Jesus had a collect, uh, uh, not just 12 people, but he had kind of like a collection of people that would follow him all around. So he sends out the 12, the 12 come back, Jesus feeds the 5,000, John the Baptist, his head gets chopped off, he teaches them about persecution, and then Jesus hand selects 72 of the disciples. Like not the select 12, 72 people. And he says, just kind of goes down the road. Yeah, have you guys kind of been around 72 people before? Yeah, it's kind of a big group, you know? And he sends them out two by two, yeah? And that's kind of the story that we're, that we're going, going after tonight. And when I think about what we were praying about tonight, yeah, the fact that Ashley is leading Bible studies at Keikalike with her friends, I don't know if there's anybody else that's doing that, you know? I don't think there's a, there's a single other student in 1,200 students that's leading Bible studies on a weekly basis with her friends, yeah? What she is doing has eternal consequences. There are friends that you guys have. Yeah. There are things and burdens that God has put on your heart. You know, I had a conversation with, with um, Seth and Waioli over, over the summer about starting an outdoor adventure club. We started it. We went on our first trip. Yeah. A couple of, uh, one of the girls came to Bible study and then she came the week after with two of her cousins with telling people about Jesus. Yeah. In a place, we are the extension of those 72 people. Yeah? Somebody told me about Jesus. Yeah? Somebody told you about Jesus. Yeah? My question is, are you going to tell somebody about Jesus? Yeah? Are you already telling somebody about Jesus? Yeah? That's pretty much what we're talking about tonight. Okay? All right. So 2 Genesis 10. No, no. Luke. Luke 10. Verse 1. After this, uh, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into um, the harvest. Jesus was hanging out with these people and saying that um, as you look onto the harvest, it's like, uh, as you look out onto the fields, the wheat fields, like people are ready. People are ripe. Like you just go out there and they're ready to be plucked. There is more harvest field than there are workers. There's more harvest field than there are workers. Like really, this room should be full. Yeah? Like when Adrian was, was praying earlier that Jesus work in us so that we can go out there and gather more people. It is not hard to go out there and harvest people. Two, two reasons why people don't come to church statistically by George Barna says that one, because of hypocrites, people who, Christians who say one thing and do another. And secondly, a close second, if not first, is that they don't get uh, invited. Now why don't people come? They don't get invited. Yeah, they don't get invited. I invited some, some girls um, tonight that are supposed to come. They didn't come, but at least they were invited, you know? 
this one girl, I'm not going to mention her name, I, I've been inviting her like continuously over and over every time I see her. And real like relational, you know, I'm not like, oh, you never come to church, you sinner, you're going to go to hell. You know, not like that, right? Like, it's like, you just kind of befriend them, hey, how's it going? And, and let them bring up Monday nights. You know, and then I'm like, yeah, hey, we still have it, 7 o'clock up at Waipuna, you need a ride, let me know, here's my number, you know. She called me today and she said, hey, what time is tonight? I said, hey, 7 o'clock, you need a ride? She's like, no, I got a ride I'll probably come and bring some friends. I'm like, all right, shoot. She didn't come tonight, but at least it's stirring in her. You know, it's stirring in her, this conversation that Jesus has not forgotten about her. Yeah, Jesus has not forgotten about her. You think about all the people who have come that aren't here tonight. Who here has called them? Right, because if they don't get called, it's almost like, ah, they don't miss me anyway. They've never really noticed me anyway, you know? Maybe we can start with the people who have come to Monday nights before. Maybe start with them, you know, and reach out to those that, that have heard about the good news, that have tasted of Jesus and his goodness, and be able to encourage them back into their face. Yeah? The harvest is plentiful. Like you look outside, you walk around the fair, you walk around school, you look around there, and there is tons of people that really want to come to know Jesus. We just got to go out and tell them. Yeah? We just got to go out and tell them. Amen? So Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers. And this is what we were praying for earlier. Um, I hope you guys know that every Monday is before you guys show up. Um, there's a handful of us praying in this place. At 4 o'clock, we meet. We kind of talk about Mondays, plan it out. And then we pray. If you guys ever want to come early on a Monday, show up at, at 4 and, and you can help us pray. Because Jesus uh, knows what the tools are. He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest, pray to God the Father to send out more laborers. Like I was praying for you guys by name today. Yeah? By name. That the Lord would bring you guys and encourage you guys. Yes, Isabella, I prayed for you specifically. Yeah. That Jesus would use you and Cody and Michaela, yeah, to go on and bring more people. That's the only other way people are going to come. Yeah? Like, do you see people just walking into the church, like, unannounced, uninvited? Not normally, okay? The easiest way to get people to church is to invite them, yeah? The easiest way to get people to come to Christ is to model it, yeah? To model Jesus. Okay, let's move on. Good stuff? Great stuff, good stuff. Okay, verse 3. Go your way, behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no uh, money bag, no knapsack, no sandals. And greet no one on the road. Okay? So that's verse 4. All right, now I'm going to get into the next couple of verses. These next verses are being used across the world. In 2003, I went to Argentina. Okay? Um, a, a, a handful of uh, my peers uh, got this all expense paid trip to Argentina, and we went down and just soaked in like dry sponges what God is doing in Argentina. In Argentina, they took. Luke chapter 10, they put it into practice and they are changing their country. Okay, what do I mean by changing their country? Yeah, the, the last command that Jesus gave was go and make disciples of all nations. So what is a nation? Nation is broken up into businesses, education, and government. Okay, businesses, education, and government. So they believed if this is true, yeah, then God is concerned with my nation. So what are pieces of my nation 
that need to be discipled. Disciples are those that follow Jesus. Like they depend on Jesus. Okay? So if the church can be a support to them, like a crutch, yeah? Sort of. I don't know if it's a good analogy, but kind of like a crutch. Like say they're kind of hobbling along in life, the church, com church comes alongside and supports them. Yeah? And so they depend on the church. So like if the church left, they would fall over. Okay? So uh, I sat and I... Um, uh, a few of my friends, we went to this all-Christian prison. 350 guys in a prison whose head of the prison was a pastor. This pastor had gone into a penitentiary, the worst in the area, and started doing Bible studies uh, in the worst penitentiary, in the worst section of that penitentiary. Okay, So like the worst of the worst guys in that area, he went in and started doing a Bible study. Okay? He started going in and preaching about Christ. The same thing that you guys are called and beckoned to deliver out here. The good news that Jesus came. He lived, he loved, he died. He rose again three days later. That's the good news. Jesus, yeah, fully God, fully human, became flesh and made himself known to us. For three years, yeah, he ministered. He died, rose again three days later. Fifty days after that, went to heaven. That's good news. Amen? Okay? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, no longer are our sins held against us. The very thing that was separating us from God, our sins, was atoned for on the cross. Yeah? That Jesus made it right. So now we can have access. Yeah? Access to God. That's the good news. So this pastor went into the penitentiary and he started delivering the good news. Things started to happen. Things started to change. Guys started to change their lives. They said, hey, this guy's doing a good job. There was an abandoned prison and they gave this guy his own prison. And he runs the prison according to the Bible. So this is all the things that people were just telling us. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm sure. So we go to this prison. So we walk into this all cement room, right? And there's just like chairs, like about 350 chairs. And we're sitting up on the front, kind of on the, on the, the front right side. And... Um, and little by little, all these prisoners start walking into this room. And there's no like barricades between like, it's like this. And we're sitting on, on this side on the stage and all these guys are walking in. I'm like, hee hee, you know? And these are guys who are in there for like, these are lifers, murderers. They come up there. One guy jumps in the front with an acoustic guitar and he starts jamming worship. These guys stand up and start raging. Like just screaming, screaming, and just worshiping. And I'm like, this is like borderline riot. Yeah? It gets better. So we sit down. The pastor slash prison leader gets up and he starts preaching, you know? And the guys are like into it. They're into it. And they're like, okay. So now, um, so they, they call us. They introduce us up. And I'm thinking, we'll pray for them. You know, they call us up in the front to, to pray for the prisoners, right? They're uh, incarcerated. I'm free. They're in jail. I get to have freedom. Who prays for who? Not me. Pray for them. They call their leaders. So some of the prisoners of the 350, some have been selected to be pastors and disciplers in the prison. So they call those guys to come and pray for us. And I'm like, you're in jail and you're praying for me? It doesn't make sense. I met with mayors or a mayor who said, um, we are indebted to the church. 
the church raised over a million dollars of medical supplies and gave it to their, their uh, health care hospital. Sorry, I was like, health, what? Yeah, hospital, that's what it's called. Um, so we met with mayors, we met with the, the head of the hospital, and they said, we are indebted to the church for doing what they do. Yeah. You guys want to know what the process is? Yeah. What we're going to read right now is, is, is verbatim the lesson that I learned in my three weeks there. In three weeks, I saw this. Luke chapter 10, verse 5 and following. Get practice there and their whole nation turned. Yeah. You guys, maybe you guys are sitting here tonight and saying like, yeah, okay, I have friends, but how do I invite them or how do I lead them to Jesus? I get your answer for you. Okay. Verse 5. Okay, this is the first step. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. First thing you do in any type of relationship that you build with a non-believer is you speak blessing to them. Okay? You speak blessing. Our God is a God who blesses. Yeah? Romans chapter 5 says, while we were still yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Like when you were at your worst, Jesus gave his best. Yeah? God gave his son when we were at our worst. Some of you guys feel like you got to earn your Christianity. I'm telling you, you cannot earn it. It's a free gift. Yeah? So crazy how that works, that God gives us eternal life for free. All you got to do is believe. One of the books uh, that is, is, is just full of the Lord's blessings, yeah, is the first book, Genesis. You read through Genesis and it says, I will bless, I will bless, I will bless, I will bless. Yeah, God choosing humanity and saying, I'm just going to bless you. And that's the first command. So Jesus tells the 72, when you go into a place, speak peace to it. Bless that place. Let's say God and his peace is here. Yeah. Easy? First step, speak peace. Yeah? Speak blessing. Okay? And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Okay? And remain in that same house, eating and drinking what they provide for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Um, whenever you enter a town, uh, and they receive you, eat what is set before them. So Jesus says, speak blessing. Next, he says, mop. That's what he said. Go in there, speak peace, and when they, they, they offer you something, take it. Yeah? If they offer you a glass of water, drink it. Yeah? If they offer you some like lao lao and poi and lomi salmon, mop nation. Okay? And he says, don't go from house to house. He says, hang out with the people. Build a relationship with them. Don't just get in there and start preaching. Yeah? Notice, Jesus didn't say start preaching first. Yeah? He said, go in there and declare God's peace on them. That God is present. God is caring for you. By you sharing, showing up in somebody's life is the declaration that God is present and concerned with them. Uh, Marlena, when was the first time you went to church? Super small? You grew up in a Catholic church? That means God was present in your household from a young age. You know? And, and, and we, we got to feel that. We, you have to sense that. When, when tonight we were praying for our friends and you sat down and, and one of your friends, his face or her face popped up in your mind, 
We want to trust that that is the Holy Spirit. That your friend is on the heart of God. That God is thinking about them. And tonight when we sat down to pray, God's like, here, pray for this person. Why? Because I care for them and they need to hear your good news. Yeah? They need to hear the good news of the gospel. So first thing, we walk in, we, we, we speak peace, yeah? And then we hang out with them. We eat. We, you know, go surfing with them if they want to go surfing. We go hiking with them if they want to go hiking. You know? If they got a motorbikes and they want to go riding, let's go ride motorbikes with them, yeah? Cody's like, yes. Yes. Yeah? If they have a lot of money and they want to take you shopping, ladies, go shopping with them. It's like, sign me up. Okay? Build relationship. Speak peace. Build relationship. Third step. Verse 9. Heal the sick in that city and uh, pause right there. Verse 9. That's the third step. Heal the sick. So the third part is meet the needs. Yeah? Speak peace. Build a relationship. And as you relate with them, find out what the needs are. Oh, Grandma Joanne is sick. What should we do? Pray. Oh, shucks. I believe that God tells me and gives me the opportunity to go and pray for people who are sick. Heal the sick. Yeah? By what name and by what power do we heal people? Jesus. Yeah. You go up there and say, Auntie's sick. Auntie, can I pray for you? Yes, you can. And you pray for auntie. Yeah? Jacob, do you have to close your eyes when you pray? No. What? No? Are you kidding me? Right? No, you don't have to close your eyes, okay? You can keep your eyes open. Yeah? You can pray loud. You can pray soft. Yeah? But you should touch auntie and you should pray a genuine prayer. Like, God, I genuinely want auntie to get healed. I genuinely want your peace to be amongst her. And then what happens after that? It's in God's hands. God does it. Yeah? God does it. God brings the increase. God brings the healing. God brings the blessing. Yeah? What do you have to do? Pray. Eat and pray. How hard is that? Yeah? There's three steps already you guys have to do, and three of them are pretty easy. Yeah? Go in, you speak blessing, you speak peace, and you say, Jesus has arrived. Yeah? The second, you hang out with them and you mop, okay? Don't forget that. You guys are going to leave here like, Jesus says, I can grant. Okay? You build relationship, right? You speak peace, build relationship, second step. Third step, you meet the needs. Yeah? If the need is that uncle is outside and he's raking and there's like tons of rakes, don't start praying for uncle. Grab a rake and start raking. Amen? If auntie's inside there and she's, vacuuming don't start praying over the dust <laughs> grab that vacuum and grab that broom and start working yeah meet the need in the place okay if it's outside of your capacity to function then pray you know what i mean windows are dirty jesus <laughs> no wax on wax off okay pretty simple so far okay fourth step yeah, there's only four. Okay, after you heal the sick, meet the need, say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Because of what we are doing, we become the hands and feet of Jesus. The last thing you do is you tell them, God is near. God is nearer to you than you realize. Yeah. 
Like God is here. He's knocking on your door. He's the one who motivated me to, to uh, rake up the leaves and to vacuum. You think I wanted to do this on my own? There's Jesus inside of me, you know? By nature, we're not just compelled to be helping people. Yeah? If you're that type of person, then you just grow up in an amazing house. But for the most part, yeah, you're selfish at birth. You've got to learn how to help people. Yeah? But the fact that we're there and we're speaking peace to them and we're building a relationship with them yeah, and we're healing the sick and meeting the needs, that is enough evidence for them that Jesus is near. Who here thinks they can do those four steps? Yeah? Yes, raise your hand. Sheena, raise your hand. Yeah, that's right. You don't have to raise your hand. Pretty simple. Okay? Step one, that's it. Speak peace. Step one? Yeah? Step two, build relationship. Yeah? I.E. mop. Okay? Yeah? Speak peace. Build relationship. Step three, meet the needs. Yeah? Okay, what is the first step? Speak peace. Second step, build a relationship. Third, meet the needs. Four, yeah, that's where you get the chance to preach. Pretty much you say God is near. Yeah, God is near. He cares for you. He loves you. Man, God is like present in your life. Pretty simple? Pretty simple. Okay. Okay, you guys want to keep on going? There's some good stuff in here. All right, so let's transition. Okay, so Jesus sends out the 72. He gives them a message and a mission. He says, here's the four easy steps. Go out and do it. Okay? It's, it gets better. Verse 10. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day for Sodom than for that town. Okay, so Jesus shows up. He says, go out into the towns. If the towns don't receive you, it's going to be worse for them than it is for Sodom. So Sodom and Gomorrah was a town that got like wiped off, yeah? Um, Moses, uh, was it Moses? No, Abraham. Abraham, sorry. Abraham pleaded with God to, um, to, uh, to save Sodom and Gomorrah. They said, he's in conversation with God, said, if we can find 50, are you going to save it? And God's like, yes, if we find 50, you'll save it. Uh, okay, if we find 25, will you save it? He's like, yes, we'll find 25, we'll save it. He's like, what about 10? He's like, okay, 10. He's like, how about like five? He's like, yes, okay, we'll find it. They couldn't find five guys in that town. That town was, was, was filthy to its core. Sodom and Gomorrah got, got wiped off the face of the earth. Yeah, hellfire and brimstone from heaven. Yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah, no more along with Jesus and the gospel that he presents, there was accountability that showed up with it. Jesus showed up with a message and he showed up with accountability. See, because if you believe that God is real, you believe that God is all-knowing, right? Yeah? Because if God is God, that means he's all-powerful, which means he's all-knowing, right? There's no error part of him, right? If he is God, that means he knows all things, Amen which means you are now accountable. Like if you believe that God is real, everything you say and everything you feel and everything you do is being recorded. 
because there is no uh, action, yeah? there's no motive that can go beyond the eyes of God. There's no feeling, no intention that can get missed by God because missed is an error, right? If God missed something, wouldn't that be error? An error is sinful. There is no error in God and God knows it all. So Jesus shows up and he says, as you go into the town, if they don't receive you, they are accountable for not receiving you. At the same time, I want to say that you guys are accountable to go. That by you guys hearing tonight's message, you guys are accountable to go. Like if you believe that there is a God, you are better than most people on this earth because there are more non-believers than there are believers. If you can sit here tonight and know in your heart that God is real and God has uh, revealed himself to you, you are better than most. Before, uh, earlier today, I was, I was coming up here for our meeting and this, this lady was pulled over on the side of the road and, and so I pulled over like a, a good citizen, a good Christian, you know. She's pulled over, she's blocking my way, so I stopped, came out, put my, my hazards on, you know, so everybody can see me and what I'm doing. Okay? Right? Matthew chapter 5, let your light shine before men that they can see your good deeds and glorify God in heaven. So I threw my flashers, I honked my horn, I stepped out and said, I love Jesus. Okay, so I walked up. This lady knew who I was, okay, because she, she teaches at Kekaulike. And um, so I'm walking out to help her. And then this guy comes walking down the street. And I knew him too. He used to go to the, the other church I used to go to at Pukulaninaz. And um, so in conversation, I'm helping him. He's like, oh, man, oh, you're in all places. Look, you're just driving up the road. And here's this lady. You're helping him. Like, oh, man, she's blessed. And he tells the lady, like, oh, no worry. You're good to go, man. This guy loves the Lord. You're good. So in conversation, I'm like, hey, how's it going? What are you doing? You know, what church you're going to? It's like, oh, I'm pretty good. I'm going to the Baha'i church. I'm like, hee. I'm like, hee. You know, like it's not working. The, 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 the new age religion now is you go make your own religion. That's what new age religion is. You choose what you want. You know, a little bit of uh, Burger King, a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, Mickey D's, a little bit of Taco Bell. You put all your fast food together and you make your own meal. You make your own God. That's what it is nowadays. There's really no right or wrong, yeah? You believe what you want, I believe what I want. Which means it's not really a belief. It's not really a belief at all. If you love Jesus, if you know that Jesus is real, you are better than most. Yeah? When Jesus showed up, accountability showed up with him. The towns and the people that reject your message are the towns and the people that are rejecting the message of Christ and they are going to be accountable for it. Yeah? So I want to tell you guys, go. Yeah? Because you guys are accountable to take this out there. And those people are going to be accountable to receive it. Yeah? They're going to be accountable to receive it. That's a heavy word. I was reading through this other day. I was like, holy smokes, like, This is heavy stuff. Okay, verse 16. The one who hears you hears me. The one who rejects you rejects me. The one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Does it get any more simple than that? If anybody receives you, who did they receive? Jesus. If they reject you, who did they reject? If you 
And we can, I can write that right in there. If you don't go out and take that message, who are you rejecting? Yeah. Like if you have the good news, like if you know, like, man, God hears my prayers, you should go out and tell people to pray. At the very least, at the very least, I don't know what it is that holds you back. Maybe you desire things of the world. Let's pray for those things. Maybe you're shame. Let's pray that God gives you a spirit. Paul taught Timothy that we should stir up the spirit inside of us. Yeah? That we shouldn't just be timid and shy, but we should be courageous and strong. Yeah? Go do a word search on courage. So many times in the scripture, be strong, steadfast, and courageous. Because it's not easy. Why? Because there's more of them there than there are of us. But greater is he who lives in us, yeah? Than Satan who lives in the world. Amen? Yeah, we have a God that is unlike anybody else out there. Step out. Step out of that boat. Yeah? If God is knocking on your heart and he's like, man, hey, you should, you should start coming more. You should read more. You should pray do it. That's what God is like. That voice is not what everybody is hearing. If God is knocking on your heart four o'clock in the morning, said, wake up and pray. Trust me, not many people are hearing that voice. Wake up and start praying. Okay, let's keep going. Ooh, it's 8.30. Let's pause. Let's pause. I'm going to read the next section. The next section is, is super heavy. That's why. It's about Satan falling down from heaven. Go read it. It's super amazing. Okay, so next week, Monday, we'll talk about Satan falling from heaven and then we'll talk about Jesus thanking God for the first time. Like scripturally in Luke, the first time God says, thank you, Lord, for what you've done is when these 72 come back and they're just ecstatic. And they're like, man, these things started happening and Jesus gets all giddy inside. Like he gets all excited, like, oh man, are you serious? We'll talk about that next week. So this week, I want to just say that you guys are part of the 72. It's an easy message. Yeah? Aiden, give me the first one. Yeah. Speak peace and bless. Yeah? Isabella, give me the second one. Yeah, yeah. Build a relationship. Yeah? Mop and build a relationship. Okay? Maybe mop this way and mop this way and build a relationship. Yeah? Coley, what is the third one? Yeah, meet the needs, man. Meet the needs. And a lot of it is prayer. Heal the sick. How do you do that? Prayer. Yeah? Marlena, what's the last one? Share the good news that Jesus is there. Yeah? That God is near. Okay? And go, man, all of heaven and earth is, is behind you. Like Jesus, yeah, the son of the living God, died on the cross, rose three days later, 50 days after that, he went to heaven. And what happened after he went to heaven? He sent us the Holy Spirit and his spirit is living in us. Yeah, the spirit of God has already gone before you. He's with you and he'll be cleaning up with you behind, yeah? Easy enough? Let's go make it happen then. I'm serious. Let's go make it happen. Challenge yourself tomorrow. Ask the Lord, God, 
Give me somebody. Maybe he already placed somebody on your heart already tonight. Try not to come. I mean, I'm still going to love you. Yeah, if you come back next Monday and like, shucks, I forgot. My bad. My bad. I'll still love you. But step out of that boat and, and, and try. It, there's, there's no greater joy out there than to know that you were the instrument through which somebody came to Jesus. I know it's going to be a challenge for some of you. Some of you are, are hard to like, some of you guys are, are social butterflies. Like you guys talk to people all the time. Yeah, I'm not looking at anybody. Nobody at all. So it's going to be easy for you guys to just chat with people. Okay, some of you other guys, it's going to be a little bit harder. Yeah, some of you guys are already doing it. And my hat goes off to you guys. Continue, man, continue. If you guys need any type of support, let me know. Yeah. Um, you want to make it easier for you guys? Great conversation starter. Hey, what are you doing summertime? I mean, winter, winter time. Sorry, winter. Winter time. Yeah. Okay. What are you doing winter time? There's a youth camp. Even if you go private school, you come half camp, get half price, even better. Okay, let's stand and we'll pray.